look, uh, ball player, ball player, no watching from the side. Said that you got him next, well, go ahead and show him why. No limits in the sky, go ahead and take your shot. This one is for the What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Up Next podcast where we tell you who's up next in youth sports and we also of course talk to the big players in the game of youth sports and we got one today uh but first of course i'm jamal murphy and i got my co-host khalid green in the house what's up man peace everyone just happy to be here with my man rose royce rick (laughs) (laughs) bentley himself you know what i'm saying the walking Bentley himself, you know. The walking Bentley. <laughs> That's so funny, man. Because after my fiftieth birthday, yeah. man, you know how that connects. No I had doubt. to call you, Grave. Like, yo, guess what they did for me? No doubt, no doubt. So just happy to be here with my brother, man. That's all. <laughs> definitely, definitely good stuff. As as was mentioned, we are joined by uh, the great Ricky Rivers. He's founder of Fun Sport and Fireball Basketball Leagues, one of the premier middle school basketball leagues there is. Uh, he's also, more recently, JV coach at Canarsie High School in Brooklyn. Um, yeah. So he's doing his thing there. Wait, you, did you play at Hofstra? Where'd you play? I played at Iona. Iona, my bad. I played so, at Iona. Of course, played played uh, ball at Iona back in the day. Mm. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And, of, of course, a fellow Brooklynite. So we, we're keeping it Brooklyn in here today. So that's always a great thing. Uh, welcome to the show, Rick. Well, thank you, man. Thank you guys for choosing me to kind of like be a part of this. And man, I, I look forward to kind of like just, you know, having a good conversation with you guys around basketball, man, because this is some good basketball folks right here on this chat. Definitely. So so we'll set it off. Like I said, you, you're, the, you're the founder of a fun sport basketball, which is, you know, I mean, most people have heard of it. Um, like I said, one of the premier middle school uh, basketball leagues that we have uh right here in new york so tell us how that got started like how did you what made you want to get into that hey you know i, I played ball and this this might sound new to you guys but i played ball in town and i and i was raising my kids i raised them still uh, sunset park borough park brooklyn and when i was playing ball there the guys there in the neighborhood not a big basketball town but the one thing they wanted me to do is like yo can you bring booger to Sunset Park, right? Booger was the street ball legend. He was he was the dude, and I had a good relationship. I had played for a quick bit with Kenny Kings and knew some of the players there. And that's how it started, man. Like a weekend tournament, you know, Fort Hamilton and 54th Street put together like a, four teams or six teams that included Kenny Kings. Kenny Kings was the cat that I got to give royalties to. I can't talk too loud because Kenny Kings might try to send me an invoice. Uh, <laughs> who kind of like got the whole thing started, man. He brought Booger Smith to the park and the, the neighborhood quickly, you know what I mean? They had already embraced me, but they like adopted me then. They gave me the, the keys to the gym. And then the first tournament I did after that weekend tournament was Fireball. I had got some pro cats to kind of come down starting with Dontanian with the X-Men and, and Popo's All-Stars and a few others and that kind of like got the energy going man um, but the, 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 my my blessing that, that kind of jump started it is to keep going is that maybe like after doing these tournaments for maybe like a year or maybe less Bremer if you know who Bremer is Bremer was up for a role with Nike uh, Ray Diaz called me and said yo Rick, I need you because, you know, I was a corporate dude. Before I was doing all this stuff, I worked at Morgan Stanley. I worked at Wall Street. 
I was a suit and tie guy coming to the game. So they wanted me to vouch for Bremer on, on the corporate side of the business and Ray would vouch for him on the grassroots side. So together, um, I forgot the guy who called us. I don't know if it was Lynn Merritt or who, whoever the guy that called us for Bremer with his job, but we helped with our endorsements get Bremer this job. But my my reference was so polished, Kate Green. I was I was on my, you know, talk, in my talk with this cat, he was like, yo, we got to connect with you again when Brimmer gets into the office. So when Brimmer got in, I walked into like a product deal with Nike and started an eight-year relationship with Nike from that point on the strength of just being a reference. So I only say that because you just never know where this stuff could start from. If somebody's listening to this joint, I went from just referencing somebody else to becoming a to getting a quick jump start into this whole joint. And then also being able, because at that time, right after that, there was like this coalition. They had the coalition of all the ref, all the league administrators. And I was there just taking notes behind Ray. It was actually uh, Cecil Watkins who had brought it together with the Pro-Am. And there was some pushback. Greg, they got Greg Marius at the table. You got all the heavy hitters in the room. And I'm just starting out like a year or so. But you got all these heavy hitters that's in the room. And I'm just taking notes and trying to be a sponge of information and get close to like Ray Diaz. You know what I mean? Like I, I was like trying to, I really like admired how he did his stuff uh, from what I seen. And then somehow organically Ray, it went from Cecil Watkins to go into Ray Diaz to lead the coalition. And Ray basically kind of made me his, his side guy to help support it. Next thing you know, I was one of the guys that was leading this joint after a few months or helping lead it. So I had a lot of blessings that happened to me early that kind of like got me in position. And Rick, you started in Sunset, but then you worked your way over to downtown Brooklyn, the Tillery. How long have you been there so far? So Tillery, like when I started doing this stuff, uh, you know, I started with the older guys and I did a pivot with the younger guys in 04. I wasn't doing no summer stuff because I wanted to keep my summers free. So it didn't start, like I didn't start doing this summer stuff to maybe like 11, 12 years ago. And it really started in 113. Mm. It started first in 113 Park. Like I, me, OG Ross, Ross, Kanan, and Cook. All four of us came together to put together a tournament in 113 Park because Cook was always running the black hole and they were trying to convince him to get younger. I partnered with him. We created this thing called Love and Basketball at 113, logo did. So that, you know, those was four good guys. Those was, I felt like I was with a strong team then too. That only lasted one year. And then it was like, yo, we got to pivot. And then I kind of like got with Daryl Barlow the next year to keep it going. Cause now I started doing summer basketball. So I've been doing that now in, in Tillery Park probably since 04, 05. You said Until, you made- No, not, not 04, I'm sorry, 2015, 2014. Okay. You said you made a pivot at some point to uh, middle school. What made you do that? Hey, because middle school basketball wasn't like this is in 2004. Middle school basketball wasn't what it's like now. So the biggest thing in that you was doing either unlimited or it was IS8 back then. Those was the those was the, the, the big, you know, the big t- things that was going on in town. It wasn't a whole lot of tournaments. You played a, you know, Rucker, Pro City, Pro-Am. But the high school, but for youth, the biggest thing, if it wasn't citywide, when we played, it was really IS8. And I used to watch IS8 thing. And I was like, yo, I wonder if I was to do something right below that before they got to IS8, that would kind of like be dope. But it wasn't a heavy focus on middle school basketball back then. So I remember because I had like these dazzle uniforms that I had access to, like the little silky joints. 
I did a weekend tournament and I got team next to play first. Mm. Team next with Mike Moore and them. They was the number one team in the country then. And that was and no, no, that was um, Tavon Sledge, okay. Devontae Grace, mm-hmm. um, uh, and there's a couple other names that, that escaped me, but Tavon Sledge was one of the major players in that joint. That's how far that goes back. Right. And Devontae Grace was the number one, I think he was a seventh grader then, but the next year he became number one eighth grader, actually, in right. the country. He was number one. So they was the best team, and I got them. Kamani Young, plug him. He helped me get that team. And then, you know, there's a few other teams. You got, you know, Big Hirsch came, you know, Bud had Hirsch with Keith Spellman and Brooklyn USA had a solid test. So I had some solid players to get it started for, the, for that weekend tournament right after Thanksgiving. But it was the uniforms and all of that stuff, right? And what Cass didn't know back in the days, Murph, is I used to spend time writing up articles and doing journalism. And I used to have like these color newsletters that I used to bring to every game, recapping what happened the last day with pictures and photos. I used to stay up to like three in the morning putting this stuff together. And I worked in the, I worked in Morgan Stanley. So I go down to the copy center and run <laughs> off a whole bunch of copies Correct. and bring them to the game. And the parents and, the, and everybody was hyped. You got people that still got this stuff to today. The other thing that I had is I had a website. The only people in town with a website was me. And I think Rucker started one after, but Rucker was the bigger product. But I had a website before most people did. And it was really just to say the schedules and all that stuff. Like, this is all documented. Mm-hmm. I used to have this website that was going on that everybody could see the web, pick the schedules first. Then I started to add the stories. Then I started to add the schedules. And then the website became the whole thing. So is so, that like, that was, that's that's like straight love for the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's got to be. Because, and then you, you said you were at Morgan Stanley. You were, at, you were at a point where like, were you just not, you weren't feeling that where you were at and you just wanted to do something for the love? Yeah, it was doing something. I think in 04, I think in the beginning, it was like, yo, you know what? I got this. Remember, I got blessed with this Nike deal. I need to do something to justify. I need to try to get, mm. you know, because the guy that was really getting it back then was Greg Marius. So I was sitting in the room with Greg Marius. Yo, how you get? He had a unique product and that allowed him to go to sponsors. So my thing doing it is like, yeah, I'm working at Morgan, but I could be, I, maybe I could be Greg Marius one day. If I come up with the right you product, I could be. Like him, he's getting he's getting it for, for what I seen at that time. Um, so I was trying to create a product that was unique and it was different. Uh, and I had multiple products though. So I had like pro leagues, college league, this youth middle school league. I, I had a bunch of leagues that was going on at the same time. But it's enjoying. I was enjoying it. Yeah. When you, you you talk about like a unique product, you also even with the fun sport stuff, you kind of you kind of keep it unique with like little different things like you got like a you got like two-point conversions instead of uh mm-hmm. fouls you know foul shots and or air ones and that yeah, type of thing. i ain't what got that you? trademark yet i ain't got that trademark yet so i gotta be careful because i ain't got that trademark yet how you come up with all that but it's just all oh, just trying to keeping the fun in the sport is the motto so uh-huh. just trying to keep it fun and you know just trying to keep it fun so the, the one thing that I separated my middle school thing once i started to get it going is like yo i put the games at, the, at a chip at an arena the championship game started at the garden. I had the garden for the first three years, and then I moved it to the Barclays Center that our championship that made our middle school thing different. And it also made it different as on the front end, because I remember more recent NYC hoops called me is when I was like at one point, 
and do the research, I was one of the bigger middle school tournaments on the East Coast, right? So like Spencer Pulliam would call me, Catch from the West Coast would call me. This was before everybody got into the to the mix of this joint. I was leading the way kind of with it, with the talent and what we were doing, having the games at the arena and having some of the top talent. Kids would come from Canada. You know, I had teams come from Canada at that point, at, at the top, at the, at its peak. I was I was doing solid with the joint, man. but and I was and it was a league, so we would do like a a preseason. We would do a camp, then we do a regular season, and then we end at the at the arena. And you had the shoe companies behind you, so you had all the things to give a kid at the end with sneakers and all of that other stuff. So um, I always try to do something unique, and I think the the arena was one of the things that was unique. And I think lately as you try to continue to recreate yourself because I don't have those shoot those luxuries like that anymore. It's just coming up with different things to make the game fun. So the two point conversion, honestly, is one of those little things that I just came up with to kind of make it fun and appealing for the kids. Cause it's always been about the kids first and then roll it out from the, on the business side after. How, how do you think that the game, like the, cause we both been around and the middle school, like you said, it wasn't like it is now. What, what 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 changed it? Like what what and what are the positives and negatives of those changes? That's a good question, okay? Because I feel like I've been through like decades or more of this joint, man. I think in the beginning it was like, you know, kids would play and it was recreational. It was competitive, but it was recreational. I think now I think when I look at it from where it was then to now, kids are still talented, but this is so much business and there's just so much other levels that kind of goes with it. Kids are playing now at a very competitive and a very competitive game as early as like fourth and fifth grade now. So when they get to you in middle school, they are dunking. They're doing all kinds of things that they were not doing. There were no kids really dunking except for some special, special ones. But now the game now is like when you watch them on the layup line, they're trying to emulate what the NBA layup line looks like in middle school. And they are, and, and honestly, when you look at it, they, they're just so much more talented now in middle school than what I was watching back then. Some of them had some, there were some rare gems, but there are a lot of kids right now that are, are more talented. Um, you know, so I see that, okay. The other part is that these kids are now recruitable athletes as like than they were in, in 04. So now colleges can watch them. So now what you do now needs to now, you know, I mean, the expectation of what you do at middle school is different than it was back then. So you're trying to get on the radar now at seventh and eighth grade. That's why these kids travel so much to all these different tournaments. Green, his travel budget, I don't know if he showed, but Green is on the road. <laughs> Green is on the road more than Puff. And, 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 and he's on the road all the time. That's a fact. That can't live in the hotels all the time because these kids is always out there getting more exposure and getting traveling on a national level. A lot of times it was regional league. I was a regional tournament. I wasn't a national tournament. Made hoops, then jumped their brand up, and they're a national tournament now for middle school kids. And right. there's other national things that's happening for kids, giving them opportunities that weren't there maybe 15 years ago, if I answered your question, Grant. Yeah. Like good. Is, what's the there good? There was what's, some, but, not, but I think it's much more. The, the bad of it is that you got to think about burnout, right? You got to realistically think about burnout. A lot of these kids are concentrated in one sport where they only play in basketball and their dreams are heavily invested in basketball alone. Uh, 
you know, so I think a lot of the kids that I watch come up, they played two sports, man. They were playing football and they were playing basketball too. And they were, you know, and they, and the, because they did both that helped them with basketball as well. They just did another sport sometime to take a break. So that's the one thing I could think about when you do so much travel and so much of it, you, you get exhausted from it. The, the other thing, when I look at our New York City kids is that it's just so many distractions that we talk about outside of basketball. So while they should be in the gym, when I go down to, in, in Green, I'm in, I'm in Georgia. I'm, I'm with General down in Georgia. And these kids are in the gym till like 9, 10 o'clock at night. They just stay there, order them some food, take a break, and go right back with another session. They stay in the gym working. Is I don't think there's too many programs outside of New Heights who've got that beautiful facility right now where you could just invest a kid and just stay in the gym all day and stay in the gym. They may have maybe an hour or two out of a week, maybe, maybe two or three times a week. They got an hour or so. And that's not enough time with the right training to kind of like help them sometimes. And I think I might have got off the question, but that to me, that seems to be like one of the downsides with basketball, especially as I'm getting into coaching now, too. I respect it. I respect the, the, um, the craft far more than I did before by having to invest myself in it for a full year now. But not more than a year, but directly for the past year. So you so as far as you mentioned, like what they're doing in Georgia. Is it just is it just because they got access to it, or is it you think it's it's the mentality of the kid? Uh, I, I see. I, I want to speak like a guru, I, and I'm only using Georgia because I've been in that. I've, yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. I've been in Dallas too with some stuff, but I, I just I I'm a shout out general because I trust that you know what I mean that that dude. That's really my gets man, after right it. there. We had him on yeah. a couple times. That that's my dude right there. He gets after it. He it, it, it's a it's a different way that he brings it to the to the. To, uh, to the game that I've seen other than what I've seen here in New York. Like those kids are invested. They get in there and it's not, you know, before you leave, put that $50 or a hundred dollars in my pocket, sell me that or whatever. This thing is I'm going to get it on the back end. I'm going to put all my effort into you right now. And if you turn into somebody like Jalen Brown, then we could talk. Right. I'm not talking to you on a transactional basis about everything. Let's, let's put the work, let's put the work first. And if you, and if you get through the work, Cool. I think sometimes what I've seen in New York is a lot of transactional stuff, uh, or, and we don't come invested in the end game of trying to get a kid to through the college doors and ultimately to a professional uh, contract if that if that uh, if they fit if that shoe fits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's about to, he's about to have another one. Uh, in Scoot, uh, what Scoot Henderson, and, and yeah. another one, Caleb Holt, right? Mm-hmm. Caleb Hope is a tough man. So I was trying to get here, you know, Joe Green. I was trying to get in front of this kid the last week or two weeks ago when I was down there. But General wanted me to travel like two hours off the course. And I was like, yeah, I'll catch you next time. Man. I'll catch you next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got too many, too much to do to be jumping two hours and then two hours. Right, That's four right. hours out the day. So one thing that I got, I got a lot of respect for you. And I got jokes on my man, too. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, my man... Is the I call him? He's one of the hardest working guys in the business. Yeah, absolutely right. I agree Rick, with that. Rick will be the commissioner. He will be the referee. <laughs> the announcer. <laughs> He's on the mic. <laughs> he collects the money at the door. All in three minutes, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, literally, like I, 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 I've, I've come into the tournament before, and, and Rick. 
is, is taking my taking my entry fee money. Next thing you know, he got on a referee shirt two minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> so nah, nah, but I really got respect for my man because he, he he does it for the from the heart and he got a lot of passion for it, man. Yo, great, but let me adjust that because I think people may have seen me in those moments and because I'm a business kind of guy. People think that I'm out there on a money grab. And it's really not that kind of like, right? Like I've, I've learned when I first started out that when I was doing it, I wasn't making no loot and the referees was getting all the paper, right? They was leaving with mostly all the paper. I learned that early. I said, like, damn, I got to learn how to ref to get this jury started. So I learned how to ref, right? Now, when you learn how to ref, you got to continue to ref to stay sharp. So sometimes rather than me, asking somebody because i do got this pride thing i don't like to ask nobody yo can i work for you i create my own my own work then type so that's what sometimes i would do for the to create my own work the other part about it is i was always trying to get people to come to do the mic and host a joint for me when you ain't got that much loot to kind of like pay cash they show up when they want to show up so when people wasn't there i had to learn how to fill in because it already started so then i started to pick up the mic and i started to learn it and people said yo you're better at it, then that person that you hired, why well, don't you stay and continue doing it, right? right. And this was this happened, just to share the story, this happened, we did an event in Bermuda with, with Dr. J and Bill Russell, and this is a fact story. <laughs> they they hired all these N1 guys to come out there. It's a big event around a golf course. They did all this, the work to put the event together and didn't have nobody to host the event. So they was looking around as we get ready to start. It's like, yo, so who's going to host it? I said, yo, give me some, give me, give me a glass of that Ciroc right there. That's <laughs> that Ciroc right there. I drink a couple of things of Ciroc, and I got the photo. I got the B-roll to show you too, man. <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm tipsy, man. I'm talking like I have never talked before. <laughs> I'm thinking of, I'm out there hosting. I got the whole, I got people doing the Michael Jackson slide across you're, the You're floor. in the Brooklyn Barbershop. You're in the Brooklyn Barbershop. But, but I'm in Bermuda, though. Right, I know. I got people doing the slide. I got the whole spot entertained. They thought that I did this professionally. Right. I'm interviewing Bill Russell. I'm interviewing Dr. J, drunk as heck, right. but having a conversation. So the greatest part is I interviewed Dr. J first. He's like, well, you know, Bill Russell don't talk to nobody. I was like, Doc, can you, you know, I'm, I'm in my zone right now, though. Yeah, Doc, can you just nudge him real quick and tell him to come in? So he nudged Bill, and I do this. <laughs> so bill comes over man and we start talking we talked for like 15 minutes to other people were recording the joint too about us and i don't even remember what was said but i just remember i learned i learned a little bit in that convo about how he really had to go through it during during the civil rights time and how he really was an ambassador for for folks and he was kind of he said yeah i remember he said yeah young fella i like you young fella you told me he said i like you young fella and that's right. my Bill Russell moment too. Yeah, yeah that's that shit. But, I don't know too many people that have a Bill Russell right, right. moment or a big moment. You got to take I that. Had, I had that moment. I got the pictures, through. but that's why I, I end up start doing all these little different jobs with the joint. And I was like, yo, you know what? Nobody's going to stop me from getting this joint going. I, I got to do anything by myself. I do the books too, and the club. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and sweep the floor. That's sweep right. the floor. So I, I, I'm, I do all of that little stuff well, to kind of make sure that the show goes on. So you, you don't, you don't trust other people. I know I do trust that. So I, I will say that I do got some, I do do have some trust issues because some people kind of like this do some funny stuff too. I, I want to know, but I, I am one that I don't really like to ask people too much. Um, that's that's more of me. Like I'll pay you if you want to come get. I'll pay you, but I don't want to like keep asking you or keep calling you. If I got to do that, then I'm gonna figure it out on my own. Right, right. That's kind. That's kind. That's kind of how I am about anything. Right, if, right. 
Wifey don't want to make that meal for me. All right, I'm gonna go get something to eat. Exactly. <laughs> you want to act funny? I'm going. I'm going over here. That's, that's basketball, no Rick. You, you know, basketball, Rick. Yo, basketball. Five day curse that. Five day curse that. I get in trouble. So state, so, state, of, state of the game, state of the youth game right now. You meant you, you know, you mentioned a couple things where where it's at with the differences, but when you look at it now, is like, are you cool with it with, with the state of the youth game now? I do. I do like it. I, I like the young kids. I think I think the one thing that we all need to be conscious of is the pandemic has got to keep blaming it. it it's it's kind of like it gave us like a hard reset type of thing, man. So the kids worth ethic isn't like where you want it to be right now in terms of coming out of this situation with the pandemic. Where you're talking about the the uh, the transfer portal and all the how the limit of, of college scholarships. I want to see kids to be a little bit more hungry with the process. So this, this is just me coaching as well this year. Like I want kids to be hungry about trying to get better and trying to improve their value and trying to really develop. The, those, those the skills that they need so that they could be recruitable. I, I feel like kids are, are maybe, and I don't want to give them a bad rap, but maybe coasting a little bit in terms of hoping that great things happen for them, relying on somebody like Green and his resources to open up opportunities for them that they're not working hard to deserve at some time. And I think that they could just dig down and become and improve the work ethic that a little bit better, at least for the kids that I've seen around me that I'm challenging. So that's your that's your your main advice to the kids in terms of just yeah you really, work hard for what what you're trying to get or what you really, really got to work hard. I also think they got to be a better student of the game. Mm-hmm. It's really kind of like I don't see kids like I see kids a lot of time on TikTok, Instagram, mm-hmm. IG, cheering for other athletes that they may be competing with for scholarships rather than really looking at Kobe Bryant film looking at some other greats that really that, you know what I mean? And studying, studying special moves and, and studying the game. You know what I mean? Like understanding the rules of the game and really trying to be a better student of the game. I, I watch these kids so much be on IG and TikTok and celebrating everybody else's achievements. You can look at some of the kids, they may have more reposts of their favorite player that's in their same class than themselves on their own IG. That's a fact. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they'd be talking, they'd be celebrating all the other kids and then slapping them five after they beat them, but they don't even have their own content on their IG. I get on my guys all the time. Like, you got more play, you got more footage of, of everybody else than your own. So when the college coach comes to your page, what they supposed to see? Everybody else that they should recruit, not you. Right. Come on, man. Come on, man. Right. Let's let's do this. Let's do this differently. Right. Right. I've yeah, seen that I, a lot. I, I agree with you, Rick. It's a lot of the the competitive spirit is 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 been diluted you know, over the, over the years with people following each other. And, you know, it, it, I, I, I long for the days when that competitive spirit comes back and, you know, guys don't like each other on the court, you know, that, that's okay with me, man. Do you, you, know? see, yeah. do you, do you, do you two see the difference? Let's say, you know, the guys that are on top, right. In either the, cl- in the city, in the class, uh, do you see the difference in terms of, are they, are they like that too? Or are there some kids who are, who are you can see how competitive they are, and they and that's the reason they're at that level compared to the other kids, or is or is it all the same? Jamal, this is a good question for Green. I, while I can listen, because he got some of the best players in the country playing on his mm-hmm. team right now in that eighth grade team. But there's one kid before he speaks. There's one kid that I, I can attest to, and sure he will too. Uh, this kid is a dog, man. This kid has a worth ethic. He's one of the top kids in the country right now. Um, 
and he has a serious worth ethic, man. That is that is, that that it's a throwback type of joint. If you agree, it's like a throwback kind of guy. And I let Green kind of intro him, but he knows I double down on him. Yeah, yeah. I think you talking about sincere, right? Sincere and, and Jamel. 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 Sincere Jamel. Jamel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like I think, I think both of them, uh, like 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 Rick said, they top guards. But one thing that um, that separates them is they 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 do have somewhat of a chip on their shoulder. You know, when 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 they, when them lights are bright, they 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 are not playing games with you. They come to take your head off. They come to outwork you. Um, you know, so, and they and they also know, especially male in this sense. He knows that he's a target, so he knows he has that disposition that he has to show up because he knows that people are coming for his name. Uh, I watched him at Made Hoops Camp the other day. They were double te- double teaming him in the camp, right. and and it was a one guard in particular that was being physical with him, face guarding him from I mean from baseline all the way up, and he fought through that and did some male male shit. Next thing you know. <laughs> Put him, put him in the blender, put him, put him down <laughs> on his ass and yeah. talking his shit. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, um, but I think that bring, I give credit to the kid that guarded him like that and Mel, because that's what it's about. You know, this is about basketball is about being competitive and still has to sharpen still. So, you know, that can only bring out the best in kids and to, to, to piggyback on what Rick said. A lot of these kids are too friendly on the court, man. They're too friendly on the court and they're too friendly off the court. And they don't know how to they don't know how to compartmentalize that. Yeah, man. That competitive spirit needs to just kick another gear. But I know I see sincere folk has it. And Jamel Thomas, who's one of the right now in that class, one of the top 10 kids, I'm say top five, arguably, uh, but the top 10 just to give a margin of error. But he's yep. gonna he's gonna be a stud in that in that class. And he has a worth ethic to support yep. it, which is why. I, I definitely will acknowledge him. I, I, I haven't seen, I'm, I can see Sincere's results. I didn't see his, I don't, I don't, he don't publish how he goes through it, but Jamel does a good job documenting his, his worth ethic and documenting the things that he does. And you can really follow along. And I've seen it up close a lot too. So he gets in the gym and gets after it. So. Yeah, shout out I'm to out. shout out to Scooter, aka Don King, his father. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Scooter, going, Scooter, going to make sure you know it's probably the only eighth grader with an NIL deal. <laughs> He's the only eighth grader with an NIL deal. So this is uh, that. Um, yeah, before we're gonna we'll get in quickly, we want to get into some NBA stuff. But before that, just just give us some of the names that have gone through your league, your your leagues over the years. So one of, one of you know, I saw some of my favorites, Kyle Anderson, I think is probably one of my favorites, along with Isaiah Whitehead. Mm-hmm. Uh, those guys, I, I just watched those guys come up closely in the program. But then when you talk, you got to talk about Malachi Richardson, who used to come down from Philly all the time to, to, to be there. Um, Khalil Battles, one of my favorite kids, mm-hmm. too, and his brother, they, they participated in it. It's a long list of guys. Sometimes I forget, like, I forget the gentleman that played at UConn that plays with the with the Charlotte Hornets. Like he's in, that he was in it. I forget that he was a stud, and he's like, yeah, you remember he? Uh, yeah, yeah, I can't remember his name, but I love the. I was like, I forget that he played in it. You know, Donovan Mitchell was a big part of the program with the mm-hmm. city, uh, and yeah, Todd Jerome was a big part of the program mm-hmm. with Mark Jerome, with Riverside and all that. And I and I and Todd when he came to to the. To the Nets kind of left tickets for me, and I went to go see him. And we had we was just rehashing some of the memories uh, about it. So there's been so many kids, man, that I've been had an opportunity to be front seat of, 
you know what I mean? Cause at that time, uh, which kind of like keeps you doing the work that you're doing, man. You feel like you've been a part of kids journeys from, from there to there. Mm-hmm. All right. So M- NBA finals going on. We gotta, we gotta Uh-oh. touch on this, on this. Uh, okay. we got, we got Boston with two, one. We got it. Today is Friday. We're taping this on a Friday. Uh, so game four tonight. Um, I don't know, you know, I know, I know you're a big Brooklyn Nets fan uh, mm-hmm. and I can't front. I always said when, when they put a team in Brooklyn, they put that Brooklyn on the chest, it, it'd be hard for me not to root. So I, you know, I can't, I can't lie. I'm supposed to be neutral, but I, I, I root for Brooklyn. So when they were playing Boston, I didn't like that matchup matchup at first. I was like, damn, anybody, but Boston, so I kind of, <laughs> I kind of was thinking the winner of that series would at least get to the finals. Um, and that, that's kind of happened. What, what do you what do you think about where we are now? Do you think is this Boston series right here? Is Boston going to take this? Golden State still alive? Give me give me your thoughts. I'm I'm split, right? Because I really love the way Boston's playing. Like I, I love the way I'm good because he knows the general relationship. I had I was able to form a relationship with Jalen Brown early when he was in middle school. Mm-hmm. So I always cheer for him. I connect with him. I did tell him I said I'm not coming to the game when he was playing against Brooklyn. So he knows <laughs> that I draw the line there. I'm a Brooklyn fan and I'm cheering for you other than that. The other part is because you know I was I was with Under Armour for like seven years too. I feel the relationship and at least had a connection with Steph Curry. So Steph Curry, I got I was able to meet him, but like my game, what I became, I got through college and I got through because I was a shooter. So I could really relate to Steph Curry's game. He's like what I would love to have been. Right. Cause you know, back then they ain't idolized the shooters. There was the guys that was going and dunking. I'm like, damn, I, I could, maybe I could have did something else to be like Steph Curry was, <laughs> was, was relevant at my time. Um, so I love Steph Curry. Steph Curry's my favorite player. So I'm in it with the Warriors because Steph is my favorite player too. So I'm a little bit split on it. Um, I just I hope the game series goes to seven. If I hope, you know, I'm cheering for the Warriors because I like Steph Curry first. And if Jalen wins, I hope that he wins MVP. They both are one and two in, in, in the MVP race in this series. The thing about it is you, you this is a great series because both teams are like top two and defensively too. Right. This is not like, okay, we're going to outscore you. Like I don't like sometimes my Brooklyn guys that they don't have, my team doesn't have a defensive identity. These, these teams got a defensive identity and you got to love the first year coach and how he stepped out. He came from Brooklyn too. And how he stepped up and he's like, nah, he got them rocking. And in the beginning, nobody seen the Celtics going to be here. They turned the corner and, you know, after some, after some, some bad words, you know, remember Marcus Smart kind of like post game interview. He says yeah. so he got, he said a little stuff spicy. They started talking. The next thing you know, that became a rallying cry and they, and they getting busy right now. So I like the Celtics. I think out the Warriors got to do something. Draymond Green can't have a triple single again tonight. Uh, <laughs> he he have a triple single. If it's, he do- if it's eight, 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 it'd be, it might be okay. If, it, if it's two, three, two, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody take his microphone. I did the podcast. I'm thinking about the podcast. Take your microphone away from you. You cannot be hosting a podcast after you're not playing well in the finals. Right. If you're playing, if you're playing well in the finals uh, and you want to talk about it and back it up, uh, but you're playing trash, huh? You, you know I mean, you're not. You're getting out rebounded by. You're getting outplayed by Horford. He has 15 points and 15 fouls. Yeah, I seen that stat. But a series. That's why I, I don't understand how how dudes let him talk trash to them. Like I would just be like, you can't even shoot. Like, what are you talking to? Like, we you don't even guard shoot. you. 
So the I, thing I, about I, it is with Draymond, I, as a coach, I've, I, I spoke highly of him going to the series because yeah. he does so many intangible things that don't show up in the box scores that coaches need on the floor. Somebody that can rebound that joint and push it and get to the paint and kick the shooters. It ain't too many power forwards that could do that. Right. So, but the problem is he's not doing it. Right. <laughs> like, you're, you're not doing it. Al Horford is out rebounding you. Al Horford, you're not closing out on shooters. You're not switching and stopping nobody. So I, I don't know what's going on with you, but you got to fix it tonight. I think it's the personnel. I think because when you got, I mean, Boston, they just, you know, especially when you when you talk about Tatum and Brown, and he's stuck on them occasionally. Like he has, he doesn't yeah. have anything for them. How and how old is? I mean, I, and like you said, I respect Draymond. Like I, you know, he's great defender, great you know, a lot of energy. High IQ, all that stuff. But how old is he now? He's he's like what? He's in his 30s. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know. Even physically, you know, he can't even even you know when he was younger, he never had a real offensive game. But he was you know he was a little more active offensively. I don't know if he has it anymore on that level. Well, I, 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 I'm happy that that this. I, I was telling somebody this is the first time I ever rooted for Boston Celtics. Me too. Me too. Mm-hmm. Ever in yeah. my life that I root for the Boston Celtics. You know, we grew up in New York where they had. You know, it wasn't. It ain't cool to be rooting for the Boston. No, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, still, absolutely. it's still really. It's still really ain't cool. Right. Yeah. Right. But they. But <laughs> but they won me over. They have a black coach. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? They have a first year black coach, and he got the finest. Uh, wife in the game as far as yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely right, about that. right yeah. there, my, I got a my, my, my high school crush for sure. <laughs> all, all of ours. I can't. All of us. All of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he got Neil, you know, with a jersey on, looking all beautiful. Right. So I'm, yeah. room for, I'm, I'm room for the Celtics, and I, I picked them in six. Right now, I think Jalen Brown is the MVP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. I would, I would agree with you. A curry on the other I, side. I do believe that Golden State is so experienced that. Boston needs to put their foot on their neck tonight. Right. They need to. And but then that, they got to be able to run the closeout game, too, as a bunch of young go. fellas. So once you get to three games, you got to be able to close out. Right. I picked, I picked uh, originally, I picked Boston in seven. I know most people think, you know, Golden State get it to seven, they should take it. But that's part of their thing. Boston, the one thing I've been, you know, I've been rooting for Boston ever since they beat Brooklyn. So I'm watching closely and they can't, they rarely follow up with, with two good games. You know, they'll have, they'll have one good game, then the next game they turn the ball over crazy and let the other team stay in it. Remember, they couldn't – they let Milwaukee get them down 3-2 when I felt like they were the better team without Middleton. They let Miami take them to seven when they should have had that closeout game in Boston. So I'm mm-hmm. a little worried about this game four tonight. Like, I think – like, if I'm just – you know, I'm looking at the betting lines, it's like minus three, minus, minus four, or something like that. I'm like, my head's telling me Boston's the better team. Right. And they should take care of business. But I'm like, every time I watch them, when after they have a win, they have that little letdown. Yeah, that's that. That's that youth in them. Right. That's that youth. Hey. In them. But, but uh, I expect the Warriors to be a better, a different team. Than oh yeah, it was. That too. Because the Warriors actually came back and, and had them for a little bit. Yeah, third that quarter. injury with Curry kind of like set them back a, a little bit. Now, the one thing is, you know, see, you don't really see that Curry in foul trouble. Curry had to play most of the game with foul trouble, and it, and they also limited Pools and Looney's minutes. Looney didn't play much in the second half. Mm-hmm. So I expect them to be a little bit different to, today coming into it, not wanting to go down like the heart of a champion. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to go down 3-1. Right. I expect Warriors to win tonight. It may not be as convincing like they was in game two, right. but I expect them to kind of like close this one out maybe by 11 tonight. 
Oh, well, wow. Draymond's gonna be turned up. Y'all know that. Draymond's gonna be turned up. He's gonna he's gonna be fiery. I don't expect him to get a technical foul. I expect him to be all substance tonight, and that might rattle uh, Boston a little bit. Now, because you know what stepped out early, Jalen Brown stepped out early in the first quarter and was like, "Wow, what? Yeah. This who you gonna be tonight?" I don't right. know. If, even that's my man. I don't know if he's gonna get it in like that. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I don't know if you can rely on him that way. Right, I think this right. is the, this is the night that 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 Hartford may become a real. He might have eight points, right? Ten points. He he might not do that much, and they step back a little bit. Right. And the referees will dictate that that's too. True, too. That's true. The, the, the refs, referees you know, gonna dictate that early too. Yeah. yeah. And you're right. They want Golden State's gonna come out desperate. Because that's what they are. They're desperate. The des- and you, the desperate team has a little advantage, period. So yeah. that's what I'm saying about Boston. Like, they can't – they got to play desperate, too. And I don't. they haven't shown that they're capable of playing desperate until they really are desperate. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that's what – when I think – that's why I'm saying I think Boston's the better team. So when they're both desperate, I'm going to take Boston in, in a close game or something like that. But, you know, depending on who who's emotional, who, who really wants it, then – you know, that's, that's the NBA, really. Boston might be better with their first five, but when they go to the bench, it gets kind of shaky from there. You know what I mean? You come in with pool, and you come in with – But what's pool some, doing, though? Pool, the pool you – know, you just remember game two, the half-court pool? Come on. Just no, they were, the there was already up 15. Yeah, there was yeah, already yeah, up 15. Yeah, I ain't going for that. I ain't going uh, for that. Pool averaging 10 points. He was averaging 20 and other. He was front-running. He was front-running. If pool if pool come out and drop, you know, even just 20, 20 plus, I'll be impressed on, on the road in the final. Tonight he in there. Tonight yeah, tonight he in there. I'm gonna speak it into existence. Tonight he's in there. Rick got some bread on it. I know. Yeah, yeah, no, oh, yeah, yeah, we got, I definitely, got a, definitely got a few things to the front. I, I got to call Malik, see what's going on here. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, yeah, please tell him. I'm saying, wait. You know, he's a Steph Curry fan, too. So I know. He's, I know. he's on board. All right. All right, man. Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see tonight. Um, this was great uh, talking to the great Ricky Rivers, uh, founder mm-hmm. of uh, Fun Sport Fireball. Coach at, JV coach at Canarsie right now doing all kind of best. Yep. You heard his his resume. Um, thanks for joining us. I'm sure we'll have you back on sometime soon. But uh, you know we're gonna see we're gonna see if your prediction holds up tonight. He, he got he got uh, Gold State Gold State by yeah. eleven. You heard it here. I got Gold State by eleven, man. You know what I mean? I ain't gonna change. I'm still on my pivot too, man. No, no doubt. Pivot. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. I talk to you later, Chad. Right, I'm see you in DC this weekend. Yes, sir. All right, peace, fellas. All right, most. All right, that was good stuff. Um, we're, we're back at it. We're gonna start coming coming at you uh, much more consistently. Um, it's, you know, it's, first of all, it's, it's AAU uh, season. Um, things are picking up, so there's a lot to talk about. But with all sports, really, so um, you know, we'll, we'll be back at it for sure. Absolutely. Thanks for having us, and and peace, everyone. Let's show them how we rock. Coaches used to call my phone. What you doing? Just got home. Practice making perfect. Perfect timing. Put me in my zone. Two, three, thirty-two. Thirty-three like birdie. Two. Time to put on for your city when they never heard of you. Ball player. Ain't no watching from the side. Uh, picking up them pieces. Ain't no limits in the sky. Uh, said you got up next. Well, gon' show them why. Uh, 
One, two, that's a three. Now take your shot, ball players. Bishop Lachlan, purple and gold, that's a flex. Uh, Kylie Green, got me a scally before he left. Uh, Joe Cash, something like dollars on the check. Uh, they had then, I got now. Now guess who next? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.